and a half years since Mind Podcast started. We could not have reached here without your support. Thank you. If you like new voices, fresh voices, and irreverent voices, do support Mind Podcast. Click on the pinned tweet on MindMakers or visit mind.net. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia, and together with me is Sunanda Vashish. How are you doing, Sunanda? Good. How are you, Adit? Uh, Happy excellent. Diwali to all our yes. listeners. Happy. Uh, by now, everyone must have. Uh, I hope everyone defied the um, cracker ban in my city of New Delhi. <laughs> I, I, I believe uh, there has been uh, majorly. Uh, uh, people have gone into civil disobedience mode. Uh, there was no such ban to defy in my home city of Ahmedabad, okay. except for the alcohol ban, which Ahmedabad is regularly defy anyways. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You'll get beaten up. Uh, I'll get that. beaten up. <laughs> so, but happy Diwali, everyone. And uh, and a very happy new year to all my Gujaratis, fellow Gujaratis celebrating, including one sitting in seven racecourse road. <laughs> so, Sal Mubarak, everyone. Um, it gives me great pleasure uh, today to welcome our guest uh, on with great public demand he's back after the uh, uh, hangout that we did on rte in education uh, mr j sai deepak uh, joining us from india uh, how are you sai thank you for having me on the show um, i'm very very happy to be back and i'm surprised that there is in fact a public demand usually uh, as the so called right winger mm-hmm. i experience nothing but ostracization mm-hmm. for once it's good to be back because of public demand <laughs> <laughs> all you experience in mind makers is hugs man <laughs> no ostracization but i'll tell you this i after um, and we were talking um, off record also and before we get into the serious discussion and what we are, what adit has in online for us today but what i am really seeing and um, kudos to you and all others who are really helping in changing the narrative i am seeing a tide that is turning because our office has been inundated with demands and with requests after your last talk iit madras the talk that you gave that went viral we have been inundated with requests that please bring mr j sai deepak and I, we had to tell people that you know we are actually looking for a good slot to bring him mm-hmm. we have nothing against him but it just made me so happy when i saw that and and really congratulations to you for this No, uh, trust me. I, I myself am really surprised because uh, we turned out at the talk uh, at such a huge auditorium was around I think seventy uh, to eighty, and the auditorium could have uh, accommodated about I think about uh, at least five hundred to seven hundred people. Mm. And uh, uh, but then I, I told myself that uh, I, I'm doing this talk not in the hope of reaching out to fifty or seventy people in the audience. But that if this were to be put out to the social media and then people get to hear these views, at least a few more people will understand that we do have a point of view which is reasonable and which has a right to exist, and that's precisely what happened. Yeah. And uh, I, I must actually thank uh, members of the student members of the Vande Matram group at IIT Madras, mm. who, despite all opposition from the usual suspects in the IIT Madras establishment and other. Uh, antagonistic student groups mm. they put their own safety at stake and they conducted this mm. and uh, see i i can't think of uh, any student campus where it's possible for you to have a poster with shankaracharya on it mm. 
mm. and uh, and and hoping that people would still turn up yeah and that for me shows their courage of conviction mm. and 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 i must actually thank them because uh, honestly i myself have been surprised at the reception mm. because i thought uh, this is this is going to be such a boring topic for so many people to listen to mm. but a lot of young students from manipal university from european universities from american universities from engineering campuses from tiss mumbai if you could believe it tiss yeah. mumbai Mm. all these people have reached out saying how can we contribute to this exactly. and in one way or the other mm. so i think it, it's it's been a fantastic development and if not anything it's encouraging to know that we're not we're not talking to the wall that there yeah. is a receptive audience listening to us absolutely exactly and i was just going to say that uh, a lot of people who are on our side of the um, you know uh, spectrum need not despair because i think technology is um, a right wing medium mm. you know technology is a right wing conspiracy this is what happens with the tech, with the help of technology to- you were able to reach beyond those 70 people you were able to reach 7 lakh people so technology but even though even though even though technology is a right wing uh, constituency i don't think neither me or suranda uh, will be able to write pieces like mihir sharma does that rahul gandhi gets more retweets than narendra modi you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I actually wrote a piece on that. I had a series of tweets, and I was like, "Good God!" You, yeah. he, he does realize that Rahul Gandhi eventually has to speak up, right? And I mean, you know. So, but anyways, uh, but just to add, and by the way, we usually recommend things at the end of the podcast, but I would recommend one thing. Please go and listen to Sandeepak's talk. It's a phenomenal talk, and I don't want to give away anything that's on it. Please go and listen. But what you said is, per, uh, your point is very pertinent because um, you know about. Two months ago, Sunanda did a talk about. Uh, it was a prayer meet for the Amarnath terror victims, and Sunanda told her side of the story. That I mean, I I had of course heard it from her first hand, but no one else had. And I mean, we happened to record it and put it on Mindmakers, and that video got like twelve thousand views in the first two days, or ten thousand views, something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. But bottom line is that um, these stories do have a resonance beyond the audience of hundred, two hundred, five hundred, and a far bigger. Re- thing so this is a lesson for our side also that to preserve all these stories say of videos of talks we are having and make sure these reach a global audience exactly absolutely absolutely, absolutely. so um, let's get uh, started into the debate there are various things that happened in the um, in the week uh, uh, the chinese premier spoke for 3 and 1/2 hours uh, i hope sitaram yachuri doesn't take inspiration and regale <laughs> all of his cadre for sitaram yachuri does not have the audience though nahi kyun puri congress working committee sunti unko so <laughs> don't don't forget so uh, that was there i mean that on a, that's on a lighter note the diwali cracker ban thing still uh, there, there were discussions about that there were discussions about taj mahal the uttar pradesh mla sangeet som made some statements uh, and there were uh, debates uh, on them and then there were uh, also uh, we also wanted to talk about uh, and uh, the petitions in the court where uh, sai deepak was involved about the rohingyas and interesting and uh, apart from um, the news of the week in the end we wanted to also talk about indic collective uh, a very interesting initiative that sai deepak is involved but we'll start with the news of the week so any particular news that you want to start with sai uh why don't we touch upon taj mahal sorry on taj mahal taj mahal yes uh, 
so there was an interesting um, <laughs> i would say interesting there was a statement by sangeet som which was half reprimanded by bjp or something and said that uh, and he said something that taj mahal was built by traitors and then there was in uh, in response and in favor there were two hashtags going around on twitter and stuff so basically in since there is a debate going on between structures you know on on this whole issue where do you stand sananda what do you think um you know um i heard i'm amongst the few people who did not outrage on this or did outrage after listening to sangeet som's thing i do not know sangeet som from adam i don't know who he is other than the point when he comes into the news mm. but i heard his um speech, speech. and which is more than what 99% people have done before they outraged i heard his speech he did not say anything against muslims he did not say anything against any minorities he did not say anything against anybody currently living in india all he said was that this structure this maqbara that was built was built, built by invaders and maybe traitors at that point what he said but i don't know how does criticism of taj mahal become criticism of muslims how did that happen you know you should be allowed to criticize um, taj mahal you should be able to criticize uh, qutub minar you should be able to vs naipaul did it mm. so my and vs naipaul famously after he um, critiqued it was never a darling of liberals anymore after mm. that so my question is why is and this is also a part of this rena- indic renaissance that um, sai is working on why is criticizing uh, taj mahal criticize equivalent to uh, criticizing It's, Muslims. such a reductionist narrative that you are reducing the identity of indian muslims to just one structure or two structures or something so i i don't know that argument but sai what do you think on this hey uh, i've always asked myself one simple question karunanidhi can get away with a statement that ram was a thief <laughs> people can question the very existence of ram hmm. historicity is always called into question hmm and uh, i even read a tweet yesterday from tufail ahmed who said no 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 it's conversion when tribes are inducted into the cult of ram okay <laughs> i know i so saw that you guys don't get to talk about conversion at all because you are the first ones to convert people into the cult of ram was the statement that he made mm. and i asked myself practically all our icons uh, who we venerate and revere have been assailed attacked challenged spat on what not literally spat on mm. because uh, periyar ev ramaswami used to take out possessions of ram murti and invite people to slipper that particular statue and to throw eggs and to have a garland of uh, slippers around the particular statue what not we have gone through all of this mm. yeah. if i could say so with a degree of uh, let's say political incorrectness which makes people uncomfortable mm. Uh, I come from the community which is effectively the Jews of Tamil Nadu. We are Tamil Brahmins, and we've been witness to all sorts of nonsense when it comes to the faith uh, of Sanatan Dharma. Mm-hmm. So when all of this has happened, what is so sacred about the history of Mughals? What mm-hmm. is so sacred about any of these people? I don't understand because at the end of the day, if, if let's say if nuance and subtlety is what we are all expected to respect whenever it comes to history. the mughals themselves were extremely partial to muslims coming from other parts of the world uh, and and for them indian muslims were inferior citizens they were all second grade citizens yes 
they don't come from the purest of muslim breed according to them the stock is inferior according to them the arabs the yemenis the turkeys the afghanis these are the people according to them where i are one muslims yes so i fail to understand where is the problem and and let's assume for a moment that sangeet soms statement was historically foolish mm. or it had no basis completely mm-hmm. wrong either as it may yeah why is it wrong for him to hold out that particular opinion yeah i don't understand yeah who do mughals actually represent mughals represent persianized turkic mongols that mm. is they don't represent indian muslims exactly is that a statement which is wrong to make yeah there are books after books tomes and tomes and reams of literature which have been written on the history of mughals yes and it is it is rumored that the word mughal itself is a corruption of the word mongol so mm. i don't understand which race are we fighting for which stock are we fighting for who are we holding brief for no and, and this is an interesting point and I, i want to add to that in just a second so ju- just hold that thought i'm going to add to that in just a second so no i so i wanted to bring on uh, uh, this point uh, said what you are saying is correct that i mean why why should questioning people questioning be taken it is a criticism of indian muslims or you know so forth uh, there is another lobby also uh, particularly on the wire you see them they are venerating aurangzeb and uh, trying to contextualize and uh, maybe venerating is too strong over but contextualizing aurangzeb and uh, khilji they are also trying to say that diwali is not a hindu festival but uh, uh, i don't know what is this jashne chirag jashne chirag and it's also something it's a subcontinent festival what is a subcontinent festival ah, nahi, के वो विनोद दुआ जी को पूछ लो समथिंग इट्स अ सब कॉन्टिनेंट फेस्टिवल इट्स नॉट एनीथिंग बट इट्स नॉट अ हिंदू फेस्टिवल and that there was a controversy because they said uh, who's that Naz- akbar abadi akbar razira abadi ha, yeah and akbar something Nazira, said something hey, that uske phatakon ke bare mein kuch bola tha but see we can talk go on and on and on about it our audience and sai and everyone knows what goes on in the name of uh, you know this pseudo liberal uh, no, narrative this, this is, but, but what so i want to do the, the one thing this is this is very uh, this is a new phenomenon see the pseudo liberal narrative for the last 20 30 odd years was akbar the great ab uske baad aaya aurangzeb the uh, not so despot yeah theek hai and khilji the not so barbarian Yeah. yeah but this is a new narrative no, it's not was, a new narrative it is continuation of the same narrative it is not a new it's narrative. a logical conclusion yeah, it's but a logical so, conclusion so, and i'll tell you why and i want to bring sai in this 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 thing came because akbar the great was never questioned adit that is why aurangzeb not so despot and um, khilji not so barbarian came and this is where i want to bring um, sai what you are doing with this indic collective uh, sai is perhaps the answer why you know you give us an answer that we have never been an organized group where somebody could question this akbar the great narrative and today we are um, faced with um, khilji not the barbarian narrative how would you uh, react to that hey i'm just building on what you're saying and perhaps rephrasing it akbar was the alpha version where they were testing waters to see let's see how much this community is capable of swallowing when it comes to the recasting of its own history hmm. and let us actually test the levels of stockholm syndrome they suffer from okay hmm. And when they realized that we bought that uh, whole hogwash of Akbar the Great lock, stock, and barrel, they introduced a beta version. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I am of the clear uh, view that this is a continuum of the same narrative. It is only getting progressively worse. And what is perhaps sad 
that we have allowed them to test the beta version. There was a resistance to the alpha version in the first case, which was clear, coherent, intellectual, deep, and scholastic in nature. Mm-hmm. Apart from having, if I may call them ambassadors, who could have simplified that particular work for the common public, so that people understand the truth and the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so as far as I am concerned. Uh, this is a challenge that is being thrown at the Indic civilization thing. This is how we are capable of twisting your entire history. What is it that you can do in response? Aap kar kya loge? Dikha do. Mm. That's basically the statement that's being made. Mm. And so far all of this has been silent and I, I think in the last uh, 10 years perhaps, what started off as a grumble then went on to a mumble and now it has reached a, 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 I'd say a fairly audible chorus to some extent. not ideal in its tone and its quality but we have reached a certain scale and that's when they realized that okay the resistance has begun and now they will increase their efforts at the feverish what for thing that's mm-hmm. going to happen it's only going to get worse okay so what they started off with and they started off targeting firecrackers then they went on to bias and then dr abhishek was saying we also put up a statement about cremation he has gone yes. to that extent now <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, all of this is part of the same initiative the same narrative the idea is you you first need to respond to them and also start have uh, you'll have to start building your own narrative in terms of who we are and what we are because apart from this polemic debate of the right versus the left or whatever it is mm. we need to create a certain repository of our history for generations to come for posterity mm. so we at least have a question to answer as to who we are let's assume for a moment that i, I keep saying this Let's assume for a moment that there is no civilization, or there is no race, or there is no culture outside of the Indic culture. Let's assume that for a moment, hypothetically, it would still require us to have a positive narrative as to who we are. Mm-hmm. We would still need to tell people where we come from. Mm-hmm. Even that narrative is missing. Therefore, I think the Indic collective uh, that uh, a host of us have started as mm-hmm. as an initiative mm-hmm. is a small contribution to that particular end in that particular direction. However, our remit and our scope is very, very focused and limited. Mm. It is to see how many of these issues can be converted into legally actionable causes. Mm. So, for instance, uh, uh, Kancha Elia's book, uh, <laughs> in, which basically says, "Tawajik smugglers look komatolu." This is in Telugu. It literally translates to "Vaishyas are social smugglers." Really, really. That's basically yeah, yeah. And the book is full of filth and the foulest language possible mm. that one could use against the community as a whole. Mm. Okay. And the Supreme Court comes out with this position that every writer has the right to speak. Mm. Okay. And okay, fine. If that's the legal absolutism that the Supreme Court holds uh, with, and that's the position it takes, fine. Let's have the Satanic Forces back. That I would actually push for even the Rangila result to be brought back so that people get to see yes. what was exactly written, yes. and I would also like those pamphlets which are circulated before Rangila result in relation to Goddess Sita calling her a prostitute. Mm. Okay, and let people also have access to the history and origins of sections 295A of the Indian Penal Code, mm. which was brought about in response to the book Rangila result. Mm. Okay. So I'm all for free speech. In fact, I'm absolutely open for absolute free speech. Okay, mm-hmm. because we have been at the receiving end of absolute free speech, but the other side has not. There are huge filtration mechanisms 
which come into play the moment the other side is the subject of examination Correct. scrutiny. No, no, and, and very interesting you brought about the point of narrative because uh, Anand Ranganathan did a fascinating series of tweets uh, about two days ago. It was about Sir Syed Ahmed Khan, right? Uh, is that I got Sir uh, Sir Syed Khan? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So on uh, AMU, uh, AMU. So Aligarh it was two hundredth anniversary or something, and uh, they were celebrating, and uh, of course the left and especially the left wing portals. He's he's uh, so called liberal reformer, huh? yeah, so called liberal. reformer who did not uh, you know do good the revolutionary way nor the British way and stayed mm. in the middle. Say narrative right. was being peddled, and Anand Ranganathan put out a series of tweets in where his bigoted views came out. Sir Syed Ahmed Khan. I mean, there is no other way. So, challenging the narrative. This, I, I have to say, I have never seen this narrative of, of Sir Syed Ahmed Khan. Uh, or anybody else. It's not just him or even even other people that we have just had a very, uh, you know, information that has been trickled down to us. But my question to you, uh, Sai, is that you are saying that Indic Collective is your brief is that you are going to see how you can find these issues with legally actionable cases. What are the ways? Do you have had we abdicated that way before? Has has the index side abdicated that road completely before you came into the picture? See, uh, I, I won't say that. The, 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 I would actually put it differently. Hmm. Um, take the number of free speech decisions that the Supreme Court has come out with hmm. since the 50s and the 60s. Hmm. Okay, be the Minerva Mills case, the PUCL case, all that. Tell us any of these decisions where all major rights that we take for granted today have been carved out and distilled from the Constitution. Okay, I can't think of a single Indic-minded organization which is part of these decisions. As a lay person, I would simply ask myself why I'd like to see the number of decisions where people who think like us have been part of it, and they were responsible for the creation or the recognition of a certain right which we take for granted today. Okay. Mm -hmm. Take, for instance, even the right to free speech, or sorry, the right to privacy, which was recognized recently. Right. Where is our point of view? Mm -hmm. We don't exist as far as those narratives are concerned. Correct. And that's a valid criticism. Mm. We have effectively allowed free speech and liberties as a concept to be co-opted by the other side entirely. Mm -hmm. Simple reason that we're busy justifying the past. And secondly, I think the only instance where this was taken to court in a very logical way and with severe ramifications was the Calcutta Quran petition. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, when you started over the Calcutta Quran petition, uh, I don't know whether that petition was sustainable, unsustainable, right or wrong, that's a discussion for another day. Mm -hmm. We should have taken the cue from there. Right. When Shabano happened and the Rajiv Gandhi government came out with an amendment to it, there was no response to it which was legal or constitutional. Exactly. When satanic verses was banned, again we kept whining and cribbing but there was no response That's why to I was saying that the fear that this thing has been abdicated for lack of a better word before. I, so it's just... and I abdicated, I would actually use a different word. Mm. And, and, and just drawing from what I said in the talk, it was never a credible option in your basket of options. Mm. You know, this was too much of work and perhaps requires too much of follow-up, okay, yeah. perseverance, diligence, due diligence and whatnot, and you were happy doing the grassroots uh, activism, mm. hope that this would translate to a political mileage at some stage, and therefore you are happy doing a Ram Janabhumi movement. Mm. And in fact, what surprises me is that you have this example on the one hand where there are a host of issues which you did not go after legally, right. and on the other hand, we have done fantastic work in the Ram Bhumi case itself. Mm. Okay. 
So what does it tell you? That you don't have the ability to do it when it comes to issues that really matter to you. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you have not used the same skill set for other issues which resonate with the common public. So oh. the public is bound to think that other than Ram Janmabhoomi, you really have no interest in adopting the constitution of the legal means to other issues. But uh, Sai, let, let me just stop you for a minute. It is not just for other issues also. It is um, that somehow... The intellectual part, I mean, I know it is um, a lot of people start when you uh, intellectual these days is being used in courts. Mm. But somehow the intellectual battles have been, um, if you don't like the word abdicate, but have been just given up. That we will do the, um, uh, you know, uh, whatever is the groundwork and we will now that will be the sort of coolies in this thing but wherever and I'm not using coolie in a bad word I'm just saying that you know people who will just get the grassroots movement going but once it comes to uh, talking about in places like um, India International Center India Habitat Center suddenly you fall short of people no also it's not let's not reduce it to there there are two narratives right one is the national narrative and the legal narrative that Sai was talking about which is important the other is the global narrative and if you come here and go see at conferences, it's still dominated by the left wing. And, and, and you'll be shocked, Sai. Sometimes me and uh, like Sunanda and me will be listening to some of these or we'll be attending these conferences and raising our points of views. Our views are so outnumbered and the guys who are talking, their, I mean, their views have been the same. They have not changed in the last 20 years and they don't reflect the present. They don't. They don't actually reflect the present ground reality at all. So, so I wanted to come back to you in just a second. We'll wrap this up and then we'll get you on the Rohingya issue in just a second. So hold your thought on that. So, yeah. So the global narrative, what I was saying, that, that also needs to be uh, questioned. questioned or um, you know, challenged, so to speak. So what was your point, Sai? You were trying to come in. See, uh, I think the tendency to paint the right of center narrative mm-hmm. as the loony, um, extremist, xenophobic, fringe, homophobic fringe. thing is, is, is common to both sides of the Atlantic and to the Indian narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not really that different. Mm-hmm. However, the difference lies in the scale of response and the quality of response which the right of center in the United States, in Europe and in, in the United Kingdom have come up with. Okay, there is no doubting the fact that there are still elements who, are, uh, who we would like to call fringe and the loonist, uh, uh, loony fringe as far as the right of center movements in both sides are concerned. Yeah. But they have thrown up such credible quality voices which are now forcing the other side to take, uh, uh, let's say, a step back and ask themselves, how do we respond to this now? Like, for instance, you have uh, a gay right of center person in, in Douglas Murray who literally each time he goes on stage gives the other side a run for their money. Yes. Okay. And then you also have somebody like a Ben Shapiro, an orthodox Jew in the United States, who is capable of uh, quoting and citing U.S. Supreme Court judgments at will and pushes them on the back foot when it comes to constitutional arguments. Mm-hmm. And he's such a great student of jurisprudence and philosophy that these people have to really gasp for breath when he starts talking about it. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, That's and, and, the kind and, of response that is needed in India. And, and can I add, add something to what you're saying, uh, uh, Sai? Yeah, there is yeah. another move, movement also happening. And it, it, I see in some left, uh, left of center or left wing people like Bill Maher, what they're doing is they have, after the Trump's election, there is a thing going on that 
we need to reach out to the other side and give them a space to talk so since then he's been getting these right of center people and there is a no holds barred debate on his show um, of course it's the audience is going to be a little hostile but it's very interesting to see and bilmar views he's like on liberalism are very uh, you know uh, that and especially on political islam he takes the democrats uh, to the task on that i don't see that uh, coming from the indian left yeah there is no true liberalism coming nor is there any attempt to Or even challenge the right of center narrative all they do is paint everyone as communal agar mughal ko taro you are anti muslim right yeah So, we don't see any cogent you know for all this talk about intellectualism really existing on the other side it has been a while it has been a while since i have heard a real good argument when i say real good argument i don't mean um in good english i mean I, good argument can, can i tell you an interesting thing that i've noticed and uh, maybe you may correct me on that ram guha calls himself as a or other side calls himself as an historian or an intellectual in the last 2 or 3 years uska कहीं पे भी आप टीवी चैनल पे अपियरेंस उठा के देख लो ही नेवर कम्स ऑन अ डिबेट हमेशा वन ऑन वन इंटरव्यू होता है इफ ही कंसिडर्स हिमसेल्फ टू बी सच एन इंटेलेक्चुअल और डिबेटर और समथिंग जाके व्हाई डज इट डिबेट सम बिकॉज़ इफ आई वर राम गोहा आई वुड नेवर गो ऑन अ पैनल वेयर देयर वुड बी जे साई दीपक बिकॉज़ ही वुड टेक मी ऑन टू क्लीनर्स इंटलेक्टिव thing that you have created how has this or the renaissance that has been made, how can you explain to people that this is devoid and has to be devoid of political patronage political patronage political power will come and go in democracy there will be powers that will come and go but the narrative that has to be sustained has to go beyond this and that is a challenge it may be very very difficult to win elections but it is insurmountably difficult to keep the narrative on your side even when the government is not on your side i want you to address those two issues see on the first issue uh i am of the clear view that uh, and in fact i was just uh, writing something and mm. as i just uh, read out one portion of it and i'm quoting from the minister of propaganda of the third right joseph gibbons okay good he said it would not be impossible to prove with sufficient repetition and the psychological understanding of the people concerned that the square is in fact a circle <laughs> they are mere words and words can be molded until they clothe ideas in disguise for me this captures the the uh, the technique of the left to a very large extent okay where first they they pitch themselves as the voice of reason and mm-hmm. that's what marxism starts off by saying that i dismiss everything else as as humbug because mm-hmm. everything is superstition this is bourgeois tradition this and that i am the voice of reason rationality is me personified and all that so the moment you make that statement you try and say that everybody else is subscribing to mysticism and abstraction which has got no use at all for the real world it's all about class hatred that's one mm-hmm. and on that basis you start projecting yourself as a pro science and pro reason uh, voice and everybody else is anti that that's one now the thing is uh 
they could their foundations could be flimsy however they have managed to give layers to their arguments and they have focused on justifying their position from a panoramic standpoint on a regular basis mm. okay so it's not as if this is a one time affair and they leave it at that mm. or is it is going to be their love affair for a very long time <laughs> let's remember this they're not going to let go of this argument at all yeah. they'll keep going at it on and on and on and on until it seeps and percolates into the mind of the common public ha bhai aurangze itna bura bhi nahi tha shayad humne usko galat samajh liya right okay so it's going to be that now the response to that is not going to be just fact okay it's not as if we've not had facts at the disposal for a long time of course we've had facts hmm. but the ability to connect the dots and the ability to come out with a political consequence or social consequence and existential consequence for us as a community hmm. th- that as a narrative we have not done we have not given this as a let's call it a mukka a sucker punch argument hmm. say boss i'm sorry all this that you've actually come out with is some of the social reasons hmm. okay it's all disparate responses or let's say rebuttals limited to something that the other side says go beyond the rebuttal finish that argument once for all mm-hmm. okay come up with some seminal piece that says this is why the guy was a tyrant and the bigot of the first order yeah that hasn't mm-hmm. happened right mm-hmm. and second uh we, there are possibly justifications to understand why the left as a movement found some kind of traction okay I don't believe the left is right always or the right is right always. Mm. It balances the other whenever the other moves to the other extreme. Correct. Okay? But the fact remains that what started off perhaps as a social justice movement in the true sense actually mm. uh, uh, let's say where you ask a lot of people in Telangana and Andhra mm. okay, there was such a huge support for the Naxal movement at one point because police atrocities were unbelievable. Mm. Okay? That is the reality. Let's not forget that. However, now it has gone to such a point that they are going after the very civilians who were who they were meant to protect according to them correct okay against the establishment mm-hmm. there were times when they would not target branch managers they would not target bank officers they would not target let's say anyone who is not coming in their way mm-hmm. but now they target everyone willy nilly right okay they target people randomly what mm-hmm. this what this tells you is conditioning narrative understanding of propagandist techniques have played a huge role and apart from that you need a receptive mind and the receptive mind was created effectively by years of colonization mm-hmm. correct okay and years of defeatism which says there must have been something fundamentally wrong with my civilization and culture otherwise how could i have been a slave for yes. 1200 years yes okay so with that mentality you can't seem to understand uh, anything objectively nobody wants to give people the example in this country that Spain was under Muslim rule for 800 years mm. and they fought back after 800 years and the period in that particular history is called Reconquista. Exactly. Okay. So there are examples in history mm. where places which have been under Muslim occupation for 800 years have been taken back. Yes. And exactly. that is the reason the ISIS wants to claim it's under Lucia today. No, and also okay. I, I want to add something to what you said about the leftists and stuff. See, they are victims of their own delusion, right? And and that, that's the that's the problem. What you said that in 70s what could have been a so, so to speak a people's movement or may have had resonance, right? Now you see the uh, the leftists stuck in the same failed ideas and same positions that they held in the 70s. But 
not getting evolved with time worse of perpetrating atrocities on the same people that they claim to stand for so correct that's that and that's the main issue that's why the uh, that's why the uh, the right is saying what it's saying and also what you talked about the historians bhai 5 ya 10 log hai inme jo kitabe likhte hai and the 100 others quote from the same 5 and 10 books again and again and again and that myth becomes a fact right and to what sai is saying till till you just sit and write counters to it it's still going to be a counters to a fact or a myth that said rather than you showing factual evidence that okay this is this this is this this is the position what it yeah. should be so yeah. anyways interesting points if i could just add uh, to, huh. uh, to that particular Quickly, point yes. here's an important thing we have to also be aware uh, of an alive to one uh, fatal problem with us and i think it's fatal for a different reason hmm. the concept of peer acceptance and concept of peer pressure go hand in hand as far as the left ecosystem is concerned mm-hmm. okay so one you need to toe their line to get their acceptance and once they know that you toe their line they'll go all out to support you they will stand by you mm-hmm. whereas we are as far as we are concerned if let's say i start an indic collective i suspect that there will be quite a few people on this side of the ecosystem who will say oh god he's going to steal my thunder my <laughs> movement is supposed to be the one that's supposed to be in the limelight but sorry i have to put this opinion out in public yeah. okay and there will be active efforts not just from the left but people from this ecosystem to sabotage me in one way or the other mm-hmm. i'm alive to this very 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 uh, i'm very clear about it mm-hmm. i'm a realist as far as these things are concerned and coming from the league of fraternity i know how it works <laughs> so i all i'm trying to say is I want to see if we have matured as an ecosystem and if we have come of age as an ecosystem in how we stand by each other when the left comes after the indic collective which it will yeah okay? exactly and then i would like to see how many of us actually say sorry we stand by this particular organization as opposed to stabbing me in the back and that is something that has happened over the years what is very important somebody like a ram sarup or a sitaram goel is a lesson where we killed our own intellectuals and ensured that they were pushed into the brink of oblivion yeah very very it's important a... point i cannot stress on this again if you have to take a break have to take a break because i want to go on this point again no i agree i mean i'll tell you dusro ka to pata nahi but mind makers is with indic collective <laughs> <laughs> So I'll tell you, and Sunanda wants to say, and then we have to talk a little bit about the Rohingya case because you are you are involved closely in that case, uh, Sai. So I want your opinion on this. Sunanda had asked the second question. Yes, I had asked. We're going to take to a we're going to take a uh, five second break, and then we'll come back. We'll and come back, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Repeat to me what the second question was. Ah, the, I'll I'll repeat to you on the other side of the break. So my second question that you were asking was, I was going to ask you is that how can we sort of convince people that the narrative building is independent of political narrative it has nothing to do with of course you know whenever there is a government that sort of agrees with you on a broader point you may get a philip but overall governments will come and go because that's how the democracy runs your narrative and your ecosystem should be in place even when there is a hostile government in the power how can you convince people of that because i don't see that happening let me let me paraphrase sunanda's thing in one which sums up what i want to say is that ideology should drive politics politics should not drive ideology right correct uh see there are two levels of responses to this one uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating one so ask yourself of all the broad specific 
specific goals that were held out as promises during the course of elections, uh, let's say from the 1990s till date, and then test on how many of these goals have actually been delivered on. Correct. Right from the construction of the Ram Janmabhoomi to the revision of history textbooks to state patronage and sustained patronage and encouragement to Deva Bhasha Sanskrit. Okay. And let's say Article 370, so on and so forth. You list, you and, and you come out with all these lists of promises that have been made and you ask, I can't think of a single promise which has actually been delivered on. So that is proof of the fact that who is being used for what and who has helped whom get what. Okay? So as far as I'm concerned, I'm not being a cynic here. Let's be very, very real that having a dispensation which is favorable to our ideology is important. There is no doubting it. I would any day have the BJP in power than the Congress. Yeah. No two ways about it. Yeah. Okay? And and I would be uh, unrealistic and idealistic to say, to say that ideology has to drive politics. There has to be a give and take somewhere. I get all of that. However, we must realize that uh, if, uh, if politics were to entirely drive the civilizational narrative, then it is, it is going to be driven by necessity, experience, political requirements, and, and the nuts and bolts of daily battle as opposed to the big picture which could get lost in the dust and din of the daily, uh, uh, let's say, hustle and rumble of politics. That's something that we need to be very, very careful about. Interesting. Okay? So the big picture is very important. And the big picture is something that the politician cannot be expected to understand because his eye is on the next election cycle. And it's okay. not next five years. Let's understand if the next election is in 2019, the preparation starts in 2017. Mm. So effectively, after three and a half years, the period again starts. Yeah. Okay? Mm. So this needs to be borne in mind. Second, second, the civilizational narrative is not just, uh, I go back to the point, is not just to repel the other side. If today I need to understand the significance of something that, uh, let's say, my family has followed for centuries, okay, mm-hmm. and I have nobody to turn to and say, bhai, iska matlab kya hai? Hum isko karte kyo hai? Mm-hmm. That response is not going to come from a political narrative, that is going to come from a civilizational narrative. Right. Okay? And if somebody were to ask us, what is so earth-shatteringly great about the caste system that we've been hugging this, this monster for years and, and for millennia, we have not let it go. If we are basically giving the sermon to the other side that you need to change with time, why is it that after, after several reformers turning up on the scene at regular points in history, we have found ourselves unable to do something about this caste system and take the sting out of the other side's argument of class law. Okay? So this answer is necessarily not going to come from political uh, narrative because the politics functions on caste arithmetic, regardless of which government is in power. Mm. Okay? And therefore, that response has to come from the civilization narrative. People who say, Bhai, you can do what you wish to do, but I want to see 15 or 20 years or 30 years hence, and I want to work towards that. Mm. So as far as I'm concerned, while there could be a limited handshake between politics and ideology to some extent where both of them are useful for each other, okay? We have to work as an independent ecosystem. And importantly, in India, there is a tendency to constantly look to the state to provide us with everything. That tendency needs to be killed for good. Citizen activism needs to find favor and it has to go beyond left-wing activism. And that is only possible then you take for granted and you assume that you're not going to get a scintilla of support from the state. Even if you get it, you'll be grateful for it. Yeah. Don't be dependent on it. Correct. Correct. See, I'll give you one example. And this I had to say as part of the talk. 
if history was indeed an important issue for parents and they had put pressure on the government would the government at least for electoral purposes not have done something concrete and sustainable about it of course they would have yeah hmm. so this is a question of civilizational imperatives driving politics since hmm. it's not an imperative for you politics hmm. is not responded to it simple true Very, no, very no, true. very interesting points. Very interesting points, Sai. Unfortunately, we are short of time on this topic, and we'll have to uh, move forward to. But fascinating points, and I think we need to probably broad base this into a deeper discussion also on what should drive the politics of the day. Like, should it just be hardcore arithmetic, or should it be ideological uh, reasons also? And how? What is the right mix of both? Yeah. So, so fascinating points on that. Uh, before you know, we move on to the next. I wanted to ask you a couple of things about the Rohingya issue. Since, uh, what do you make of read of this SC judgment saying that Rohingyas cannot be deported, and what do you think the government needs to do now, or something, or what should its stance be? Right. See, uh, that uh, first of all, this was misreported as on the part of the mainstream media. It's not what the Supreme Court said. Hmm. Okay. So, what happened was simply this. Mr. Fali Nariman, who is representing Muhammad Salimullah, who is the lead petitioner in the petition and who is being represented by Prashant Bhushan. Mm. Okay, so Prashant Bhushan, Ashi Prashant Bhushan, and Mr. Fali Nariman are representatives of petitioners who do not want to be deported. They are representing Rohingyas. Mm. He was making his submissions, and the order of that particular day—it's not even a judgment; it's a small, short, crisp order which simply says that arguments of Mr. Fali Nariman have been recorded and. The next date of hearing in this matter is the 21st of November. Mm. Should there be a contingency that arises in the interregnum, mm. Mr. Fali Nariman is at liberty to approach the court to inform the court for an appropriate relief. Correct. Okay. But nothing in that particular order says that the government shall not deport Rohingyas until the 21st of November. Mm. And there's a good reason for this. Okay. So, for instance. If the government has enough data to prove that somebody is an illegal immigrant or is a terrorist or is a potential terrorist or is a part of a sleeper cell, hmm. okay, the Supreme Court cannot interfere with national security issues and say, "You, I shall not report this particular gentleman until uh, uh, I have heard." Hmm. Okay, so therefore, what the mainstream media did was to misinterpret and deliberately misinterpret this last line where Mr. Nariman was told. इस इस शेयरिंग और अगले शेयरिंग के दौरान अगर कुछ होता है यू कैन अप्रोच द कोर्ट ओके सो दे बेसिकली इंटरप्रेट दिस टू से ही इज बीइंग टोल्ड ऑफ द ड्रोइंग ऑफ द डिपोर्टेड बिटवीन दिस स्टेट एंड द नेक्स्ट स्टेट देन यू शुड अप्रोच द कोर्ट एंड देयरफॉर द गवर्नमेंट कैन नॉट डिपोर्ट देम ओके सो दिस इज क्लासिक इंडियन मीडिया रिपोर्टर्स ऑफ लीगल इश्यूज दे अंडरस्टैंड जैक ऑफ दिस इश्यूज दे हैव जीरो अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ कोर्ट प्रोसीडिंग यस पैटर्न्स ऑफ कॉपीराइट के बीच का अंतर नहीं जानते इतने सालों के बाद Okay. And, and and that's the kind of people that we deal with. No, no, absolutely. And what you said about the ecosystem, both Fali Nariman and Prashant Bhushan stepping up to. Like, what is interesting is once we do find more on twenty first November and more on the Rohingya issue, what there is another concept that we do, say uh, uh, or another thing we do like a ten minute short discussion called the Mind Quick Bite. We would like to just you know give you a quick call about your quick take on Rohingya as if it's okay with you. So just on this sure. uh, thing, so that will be very interesting. But. Um, 
we are coming to the end of the podcast and then what we do at the end is we recommend uh, a few uh, or one or two things that you know uh, a movie or a tv show or you know place or anything which is non political you know light hearted thing that so, you would like people to that you've read recently or you've been to a place recently or you've seen recently you would like the wider audience to know about it uh-huh. is there anything like that you would rec- like to recommend to our people to our audience to our audience if you want a minute to think about it i'll go with sunanda first <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm ready with my uh, audience i can actually go. recommend our audience yes i i happened to meet uh, dr chandraprakash divedi in the uh, high court where the one of his movies is is stuck with the censor board how interesting uh, yeah for our audience how sad but for our audience dr chandraprakash divedi is the gentleman who made chanakya so just to uh, exactly yes. exactly and pinjer movie a phenomenal and, uh, movie yeah uh, the gentleman fascinates me his his commitment to art fascinates me mm. so i would only recommend that uh, the audience do make it a point to watch the entire chanakya series right from the first episode to the end mm. because the gist of the indic narrative uh the the civilizational narrative that we speak of the cultural commonality that ties every part of the country that, that we speak of mm-hmm. is is captured brilliantly and in a scintillating fashion a far fetched performance by him in episode after episode after episode okay. especially there's one episode where he is actually giving uh what would we call it a, a steve jobs like lecture to people who are passing out of takshila uh, uh, mm. okay and where he is telling people that don't think of yourself as a malava lichavi sor and so forth think of yourself as a bharatiya in the first wow. place okay mm-hmm. and that that lecture is fantastic and the way he rouses students into action when uh, let's say uh, the the ruler of takshila has succumbed or has become an ally of alexander those parts of the episode those parts of the series are a must watch yeah absolutely i would recommend that in fact now after um, a science recommendation i'm going to go back and watch it all over again i don't know if you know sai but chinmaya mission and chinmaya mission is doing stellar work in propagating hindu education not just in india but everywhere else on a global scale they had reached out to dr chandraprakash divedi to do a, oh. a serial called upanishad ganga and i have seen that yeah he did a phenomenal job with that but unfortunately it was shown on doordarshan so it never got the wider audience that it should have gotten so upanishad ganga is also something that he has done recently and i know it because i um, am associated with um, chinmaya mission because that's where i found out otherwise i didn't even know that it was um, him uh, but that's another tidbit i wanted to give people um, can you just make him. a point here can you just make a point here yes yes go ahead it would be fantastic if let's say the indic ecosystem where to collaborate with some media outlet and make sure that chanakya and mahabharat of vr chopra both of them are rerun and they get the kind of traction that they supposed to get as far as the modern audience is concerned absolutely okay. and if we could do that we would have pulled off such an important activity to actually capture and put out these concepts in the public domain in a manner that they can digest in a manner right. that is interesting as opposed to having dry boring discussions on concepts and so on so forth he actually practices it in action when he makes that particular series so i think if i were uh, if i had the resources i would distribute copies of uh, this particular series to all and sundry whoever i meet 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And for a little bit of trivia, for a lot of people who might not have seen Chanakya, there is a reasonably well-known actor called Irfan Khan who is in a small role in Chanakya as well. Yeah. One of his earlier roles. Actor, sir, commander. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, no, Senapati Bhattacharya. You're right, sir. Absolutely right. All the so-called stars that we see today, they come from the series. I've seen all of them. You're right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, and uh, mine and Sunanda's recommendations are coming up in just a second. Yeah, so Sunanda, your recommendation. My recommendation this week is uh, Lake Tandon. I don't know how many yes. of our um, uh, listeners know about Achha, it. Can I tell one old I mean, No, the, you cannot steal my recommendation. No, I'm not going to steal one thing. I, yes. I got bummed when people remembered him as the Dadaji of Shah Rukh Khan from Swadesh. That's what happens when you have the younger generation. You know, it, this he is... younger, not your age people were talking no, about No, but then that doesn't mean their soul, their soul is... What do you mean your age people? What do you mean your age people? I take offense to that on air. What do you mean your age people? You said younger generation, you ostensibly no, no, my this age. Is, this, is, this is the generation that calls me and says that, oh, we just listened to a beautiful classic on TV, a beautiful classic song. I said, what? And they said, chaiya, chaiya. It's like, where can I go and hide my face? So for a generation that chaiya, chaiya is classic. So that is the generation that thinks. But anyway, about Lake Ji. Lake Ji, I am a huge fan of Lake Tundon. Lake Tundon was a phenomenal filmmaker in yesteryears and go and do a little research about him he made a he started with a film called professor and then he made another film called prince these were blockbusters but that's not why he should be remembered he made a phenomenal film called amrapali amrapali was uh, sunil dutt and um, vajanti mala and this is about a royal courtesan who was in the kingdom of magad and now that we were talking about Chanakya, she was, uh, and she is, she falls in love with, um, you know, um, another, um, the king from the another um, state. And then there is this whole debate about, should she be loyal to her own state or should she go with this, who she calls Senik, or once she finds out that he's from another, he's, a, he's an enemy to the state. It's a brilliant thing. The film does not look dated even today. The music by Shankar Jayakishan is just so gorgeous. Lata, finest collaboration of um, Shankar Jayakishan and Lataji. And the the central conflict in that film, it's it does not look, as I said, it's not look dated. It is um, you know, placed in Magad Empire, but do watch that film called Amrapali. And there are actually in Jain traditions, there is a lot of um, yes. things about that's Amrapali. About uh, that's where they have taken that film from. Mm. So do watch Amrapali when you get a chance. It's on YouTube. Uh, there is this beautiful uh, Indic narrative. As yes, you said, from Jain tradition. Uh, Again, you know, we everything is about Indic. So this Amrapali is also uh, Indic. No, so 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 a couple of things like Kandal also made. Uh, but in uh, this movie called Halla Bol with Rajkumar Santoshi, Lake Tandon plays a director who is out of work and trying to get a star to come. Yeah. And in that, he uh, Rajkumar Santoshi cast him to show the tragedy of yesteryear's directors and what Which is they probably his own story. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a well thing. And uh, one thing, Sai, to your recommendation. 
you know when you watch Chanakya, don't forward the titles. The title is this breathtaking score by Ashit Desai. Mm. It's just brilliant. Om Sahana Vato. He just go. Oh my goodness! It it's, gives you goosebumps. Beautiful. Yes. So you you, you must you must listen, listen to, to that. Title. Uh, just just to that. Uh, my my recommendation. Yeah, but I'll just make one final point. Ha, please yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. I, I disagree with uh, Bharat A. Coach and the entire uh, let's say story and the screenplay and the book it's based on. The music by Vanraj Bhatia, classic. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is music by Vanraj Bhatia. Vanraj Bhatia, very uh, uh, underrated thing. So, underrated. You know that that actually, you know, because you said my my recommendation was going to be a book, but I'm it's now it's going to be a film since you said Vanraj Bhatia and his most famous song is Marugam Katho Pare from Manthan. So I would like everybody to go and uh, watch the movie Manthan by Sham Benegal. It is about the Amul story, and it is a unique film which has been financed by the farmers of Gujarat. It in fact the title starts oh. with five. Hundred thousand farmers of Gujarat present, yeah. and how, of course, it's a little fictionalized or wo, but how the Amul movement started and how yeah. we are where we got there. So yeah, that's a, it's, it's actually good. And Vanraj Bhatia gave music. Vanraj Bhatia, and I think it's yeah. for free on Amul's website. If you watch, Amul had uh, uploaded it for free a, a few years ago. I, I don't know if it's still there, but you just try it out. Manthar. So uh, with that, I was going to wrap up. Just one last thing, Sunanda. You always tell me to give my prediction. Today, I made my prediction for Gujarat elections on Twitter. Okay. I'm still saying right now, and I've talked to a lot of people who have confirmed this to their numbers to be close to mine off the record. BJP will be between 95 and 105 in Gujarat if elections were to be held today. You know what is going to happen if BJP gets uh, below 100? Uh, everybody else is going to declare victory, whether they form the government or not. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But our audience knows who to come and catch hold of once yeah. <laughs> once the results. But are thank out. you so much for joining us, Sai. It has been truly a pleasure to have you on the podcast this week. My pleasure too. Ha and uh, b- please guys watch out for Indic uh, Collective uh, site follow it on Twitter there is a Twitter handle right now is and there along a- with you I think it's uh, Anjali and Ashish Anjali George and Ashish they are both are involved on this right one clarification mm-hmm. not a trustee or a member of the Indic Collective but I am uh, I was involved in its formation and I am uh, the counsel I am the lawyer for Indic Collective. okay yeah, absolutely okay absolutely so follow um, there is a fa- there is a Twitter handle for Indic Collective that I just started following follow that follow them follow what they are doing it's very important for our our sustenance it's very important for who we are that we follow what's happening in the indic renaissance ultimately it all has to be about that indeed so yes. with that we end this edition of mind podcast we'll be back with you next week thanks again sai for joining uh, we'll be uh, we'll be talking more about this soon thank you